Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and this is Short Stuff, and we're talking about firewalking, which is interesting because you can explain how it works, and I love those. I was convinced we had done this, but we have not. No, we haven't. I just felt, I don't know, I thought it fell into our circus arts or It does or seem something. like a 2010, 2011 circus Stuff You Should Know episode, like a full episode, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's not a circus arts thing at all. No. You know, I don't I don't think it I mean maybe like a Jim Rose circus might do something like this, but it is uh, generally a sort of a religious thing in most cultures, right? Yeah, and they think that um it dates back at least 32ish hundred years. The first mention of it is in an ancient Indian text from around that time. Um and either it spread out of there. There's, I've seen some theories that it was actually, it actually predated that. It was one of the the things that the Mesopotamians and Neo Babylonians did, and then it just kind of spread from there. Um, or people invented it independently because it has spread all over the world over the last couple thousand years. Yes, uh, these days, India, Greece, China, Spain, Japan, Bulgaria. Thailand, Tibet, Fiji, it's all over the place. And it's almost always a religious thing, like you're paying tribute to somebody who mm-hmm. has passed or uh, you are commemorating your, what you see as a miracle in your area, uh, some sort of celebration or, or parade. There might be a firewalker, mm-hmm. but it's usually got some sort of religious spiritual connotation. A, a firewalker and a parade would be hilarious because that poor guy <laughs> would just have to keep running to the back of the float and walking over it again and then running back. That would be, that'd be a long parade for that guy. Oh, I was thinking more along the lines of there is a the entire parade has to walk. There's one portion that's on fire. <laughs> yeah, the, all the spectators have to go down this way. Come over here. And we said on fire, spoiler alert, there's never flames. It's coals. Right, and we can thank our friends at the University of London Council for Psychical Research back in the 1930s for figuring that out. Um, and they did that, Chuck, by conducting two different experiments on firewalking in which they also participated, too. Yeah, these are, they're not mean. But what they did was, in both of these experiments, in 35 and 37, they got a couple of British scientists and then, you know, someone from a native culture, like in India or someplace. Mm -hmm. And they basically, the whole point of the study was like, see, white British man did it, too. It's not religious or special. Right. But they were skeptical societies, I think, is what they were doing. Yeah, and I'm sure they didn't rub it in like that. But, you you know, know. 800-degree fire pit. Mm -hmm. uh, And in those two separate years, they basically, I think they use oak. And they, the whole point of it was to kind of just debunk the, like, you have to be, I don't know about possessed, maybe that's too strong of a word, but guided by spirit to do so. Guided by voices. That's right. So, um... That was yeah, that, and that the, at the very least in the West, these, those two studies put that to rest permanently, um, and they did it so thoroughly, Chuck, that for about I don't know forty, fifty years, people in the West, I should say, in the United States and Great Britain, um, didn't think much about this whole thing. They just were like, "Fire walking's been explained, whatever." And then, as our friends in the New Age uh, community kind of came along in the 70s and 80s, um, 
they adopted firewalking and apparently had never read the two studies by the University of London Council for Psychical Research because they started attributing it to a more metaphysical explanation. And that's when interest in debunking it kind of came around again. That's right. Uh, And I think this is a good time for a cliffhanger because we have danced around the fire and not revealed the secret to why it has nothing to do with religion or spirituality. Uh, It's pure physics, and we'll explain it right after this. Welcome back to Pure Physics. Yeah, and since we're talking about pure physics, I want to give a shout out to Professor David Willey, who's a physics professor. I believe it's Willey. It could be Wiley, W-I-L-L-E-Y. Yeah, I think it's Wiley. He, um, oh, I'm thinking of Willie Ames from Charles in Charge. Oh, right. Uh, but Professor Wiley is a, f- a physics of firewalking guy. He has dedicated a certain portion of his career to explaining how it works and doing firewalking himself. So thanks a lot to Dr. Willie because basically everything we're talking about is based on his research. Dr. Wiley. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's explain how this works. Uh, there are uh, quite a few components that go into a successful firewalk, which is to say one where you don't end up with burns on your feet. Uh, the first thing that you got to start with is charcoal that is lit well before you walk over it. Uh, I sort of spoiled it earlier when I said there are no flames, Mm -hmm. but when you see a firewalker, they're walking over hot coals, not a real flaming fire, and these are embers that they're walking over. So right out of the gate, you've got a a bit of an advantage in that there's not direct contact with a flame. Well, a huge advantage too, but also the embers themselves. So you've got no flame. It's a big one. Just put that in your hat. Uh, Here's the second one for your hat. Those embers themselves are actually really good insulators. The type of wood that's typically used for firewalking, and you want to use specific kinds of wood, they glow really bright, but they actually don't conduct heat very well. Right. And I think uh, the top two woods are cherry or maple Mm -hmm. for good-looking coals that'll get the the crowd whipped up into a frenzy. (laughs) Right, exactly. But not super hot. No. Um, And because there's also a layer of ash that coats them. Here's the third part for your hat. Right. Uh, I think the the investigator would say, you notice notice they don't do this during the day. Right. Because you'd see that ash all over the place. But at night, that ash sort of goes away to the the eyeball, Mm -hmm. and it makes for a better show. But that ash is going to also provide a buffer and uh, cut down on that heat transfer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then the last one, and this one's pretty important too, there's a, actually a really limited amount of time that your feet is making yeah. contact <laughs> with the hot embers. Because they are hot. Like the these fires that you're walking over, if you hold a thermometer, um, it's going to register something like 900 to 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 482 to 538 degrees Celsius. So it is hot. But again, it's not conducting that heat very well to your feet. And then your feet aren't touching them 
very long to begin with. Yeah, there's a reason it's not called fire sitting. <laughs> yeah, fire standing around. There, there may be a thing. Who knows? Watch someone on right in and say, oh, no, bro, fire sitting's totally a thing. I work for the Jim Rose Sideshow, and I right. do fire sitting. <laughs> it's fire walking. You want to walk across it at a brisk pace. Uh, they do say don't run. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're let's just go ahead and PSA here and say, or COA, and say, please don't try this. Thank you for doing that. Uh, kids, don't try and fire walk. Just don't do it. Uh, but if you are a, a fire walker or you see someone doing it, they are walking at a brisk pace, mm-hmm. but you don't want to run because they make the good point that, you know, you could actually dig in when you're running more than if you're just sort of hot footing it. Right. <laughs> I guess that's where the word comes from. Yeah, exactly. And you can end up with coals on top of your foot or just digging down too deep. So they, they say you walk uh, less than a half a second of contact um, on a, like a 10 to 15 foot fire walk. Yeah. So it's only a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. So those four things together are basically the physics of firewalking. But even if you, you know, if you're, if you're not well versed in the physics of firewalking and you hold a firewalking event, it can go wrong, and that actually has happened from time to time. Most recently, from what I can tell, was in 2012, where 21 people were treated for burns at a Tony Robbins event. Right? He's doing this. At least in 2012. I, oh, are you surprised man. by that? Have you seen Shallow Hal? I, <laughs> well, I haven't seen Shallow Hal. No, you're not missing much. But um, I, I, I don't know. I knew he's a motivational speaker. I did not know he did stuff like this. Yes, dude. Yes. I this didn't is know. His, his whole jam is stuff. I thought he just got on the stage and just, you know, made people feel good. Random stuff <laughs> like this is, no, no, no. He's very hands-on. Okay. He had a TV show once that we had to, like, cover for some reason back in the day. Do you remember that? I It came into my mind today, and all I could think of is, what did we do with Tony Robbins? Did we interview him? We we interviewed him. I think you did. I don't think I did. Yeah, but I don't remember whatever happened with the interview. But in the TV show, in the first episode, the pilot of this, there was a man who became paralyzed when he jumped into his pool after uh, his his wedding um the ceremony. He oh, was so boy. excited he jumped in a pool and landed head first and like became paralyzed. Ugh. Tony Robbins talks this guy into um into skydiving. And if I remember correctly, essentially like pushed him out of the plane. <laughs> like that's right. Tony Robbins is a very now. hands-on motivational guy. <laughs> so anyway, in 2012, 21 of his uh the people at a thing walked on fire, I guess had to get treated for burns. Mm-hmm. This made me want to try it, and you know why I won't? Why? Is because it's the bottom of my feet. Like, if something did go wrong, then I'm not walking for a little while, or I'm walking in a lot of pain. Right. It's not like a pain on my forearm or something, you know? Is it actually worth it? No, no, no. That's why I said I'm not going to do this, because I'm going camping tonight. And I was like, you know. No, I, dude. No. Should I pull out all the stops? <laughs> you understand the physics of firewalking. Who are you trying to impress at this point? Emily? No, she won't be there. All my dumb friends from 25 years ago. They... Oh, well then, yes, you should definitely firewalk. <laughs> no, I'm never going to do it. They're Not the bottoms so of my impressed, feet. They're going to be so impressed, dude. You have to. <laughs> Stop. Just remember to use some cherry or what was the other one? Maple. Uh, maple, I think. You got yeah. maple up there? No, it's a bunch of hardwoods. Yeah, you don't want those. They'll burn off too quick or else too too hot. You want to use yeah. cherry or maple, like you said. And if you don't have it, don't firewalk. My old friend Jason Jenkins jumped through the fire one time in a, in a 
drunken fit late night on a camping trip. Did he melt like Snegorochka? No, he was fine. He jumped right through it. But I remember thinking like, dude, if you would have tripped and landed in that fire, all of a sudden this, yeah. this trip is ruined. Which is another another problem with firewalking. If you do trip, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't firewalk. I, I was really just joking when I was encouraging you to. No, I know. I know. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's it for short stuff, don't you? It sounds like it's out to me. It is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.